I had a lot of fear, I guess. Like I've always lived with a lot of fear and I, I over the years it's gotten better. I guess adding on the adoption layer, I just had this sort of anxiety of how I needed to to live my life out for this little girl who maybe came from a hard background and knowing that both Chad and I have, you know, still things that we have to work on and how men and not mess her up. Like that was the way I went into it. Like how can I raise this child and not mess her up? And I think that's the really wrong perspective to have. And basically the Lord just whispered to me, Julie, if you if you have me, like if my spirit's living inside of you, you're free. All you have to do is just just live free for this girl. Don't put so much pressure on yourself. Don't try to not screw up. Just breathe in my spirit every day. Know you're going to mess up and know she's here for a reason. We've placed her with you. And if you have me and you live with me, like that's all you got to do. Your past is your past, whatever that is. The stuff you have, like whatever generational sin we all carry, I, I can take care of that. I already have taken care of that. Hi everyone, I'm Elise Marsh and I'm your host here on the Perfectly Wonderfully Made podcast. Thanks for joining me again this week. I believe the journey to becoming a parent allows each of us just a glimpse into the heart of a creator who so desperately wants us to know just how chosen, designed, called, and beautiful we all are. He sees you perfectly, wonderfully made. I'm so glad you're here. Whatever you're doing today, I pray you are encouraged uh, by these women who share stories about what God is doing in their lives. Okay, everyone, last week I had a friend, a dear friend of mine, tell me about the Overdrive app. You can connect your library card and listen to audiobooks and ebooks for free through the library on your phone. And trust me, you guys, no one is paying me to tell you about this app. I just really liked it and wanted to tell you about it. So I downloaded the Jesus Storybook Bible by Sally Lloyd-Jones, and we've had that book for a while, but it's been so fun to listen to the stories in the car. The kids have really loved it. It's quiet in my car on the way to school and there's not so much fussing and they're hearing the word of God, which is so amazing. So, so awesome. The last few weeks, Monroe has been asking me so many questions about God and the story she's hearing in the Bible. You guys, but they're hard, like really hard questions, like ones I don't feel equipped to answer. Like this one, mom, why did Pharaoh's son have to die in Egypt? Like hard, hard questions. There have been times in my life when I felt so guilty about not praying for my kids that day or uh, not feeling like I was doing everything I could to tell them how much Jesus loves them. And when I felt like so many times I should be doing more to teach them about Jesus. And I've been reminded this week how the Lord is drawing my kids to him. It's not my job to ensure Monroe's salvation. I could never do that. It's not my burden or my job to carry that responsibility. But sometimes, you guys, I feel like I do. 
The Lord is going to be faithful to reveal himself to my kids. And he has been. He has been this week. It's been amazing to watch. And I just need to remind myself that I need to be obedient to the Lord and that God is going to take care of the rest. I wanted to tell you guys about something I'm offering to my special podcast listeners. So I am offering all of you guys FaceTime childbirth classes for those of you who may not live close to me in the South Puget Sound of Washington, but maybe you live in another state or another country and you are looking for childbirth education, but there isn't something locally that you feel like is going to be a good fit for you. I would love to teach you a virtual class. You get me face-to-face online. We'll sit down. We'll answer all of your childbirth questions and get you ready to have the best birth experience possible. So head on over to my website, elisemarsh.com, check out my offerings and look for the virtual childbirth class. You guys are going to love it. I promise. This week, I chat with my friend Julie Cannon. Julie and I met through our mutual friends, Ryan and Selena Frederick. You guys maybe have heard me talk about them. We love them. Julie is incredibly talented, you guys. She is a wife, a mama, a writer, and a talented photographer. Julie lives in Nashville with her husband, Chad, and her sweet, almost one-year-old daughter, Crew. She's adorable. You need to go over to her Instagram and check out all of her pictures of her super cute daughter. You will love them. Today on the podcast, she shares with us her story of adoption and the redeeming work the Lord has done in her life. You're going to love it. Enjoy. Here we go. Thank you for, you know, making time and what is crew up to? She's sleeping right now. She's sleeping. Okay. So, so how long do we have? We're probably on the clock then. Uh, until about three. So, oh, that's a long nap. Yeah. So she can either do like two naps a day from like 10 to noon and then three to five, or I can hold her off until noon and she sleeps till about three or four. So. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. You get like a little built-in break. Yeah, it's Okay, so are you one of those people who like has a list of to-dos during nap time or do you have a regular routine or what's your, how how do you do nap time? Yes, to both sometimes. And sometimes (laughs) I just sleep. I mean, there are days I have not taken one nap that I felt guilty about, so Good for you. Um, yeah, sometimes I have things to get done, and I do. Uh, we just moved to a new house, and it's semi kind of louder than I thought it was going to be. So I try not to do like the heavy stuff while she's sleeping. Although she pretty much, when she's out, she's out. Uh, sometimes you know I take time to read or work out, and sometimes I nap. I don't know. It's just kind of different every day. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so catch me up, catch our listeners up. Who is Julie Cannon and what does your life look like right now? Oh, um, <laughs> I know well, that's a loaded question. Speaking of crew, I mean, pretty much my life, we, we adopted her, uh, 11 months ago. So she just turned 11 months, the 27th of October. So she'll be one. Oh my gosh. Soon. So cute. Um, I know like just almost a Thanksgiving baby. Yeah. Yeah. I she'll so have some cute. she'll have some Thanksgiving birthdays, so we'll have to figure yeah. out how to celebrate both. But I guess that's a good day to have a birthday on. Um so yeah, uh, right now I just stay at home with her. I shouldn't say just stay at home with her, but I I'm like, home. come on, Julie. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm at home full time pretty much with her. I always seem to have something else going on, but I just, for now, love it. I just love kind of, I, I found that I'm good at putting my full attention into one place, not so good at spreading yeah. it around to other mm-hmm. places. I feel like there are some people out there that are superhuman that do a lot of things really well. I don't do a lot of things really well. Um, <laughs> so at the same time. So no, it's just been really fun. And I feel like it's been treasured time to be able to just stay at home with her and have her pretty much be my full attention, her and Chad, of course. So we, I don't know, tend to fill our days with fun things right now. She's becoming an age where, you know, we can be out of the house a lot more for a lot longer. Yeah. Do things. I feel like it's a good season and we have a good rhythm. Of course, that could change tomorrow because that's what mm-hmm. babies do. Yeah. Um, but no, I just am at home with her and loving it and loving watching her grow. I don't feel like I've missed, you know, a ton in her first year of life. And so I'll always treasure these days, you know, whether this stays a reality or not, I will always treasure this time with her. Time. Uh, so yeah, that's what we're doing. That's we awesome. Just try to have fun. I love it. And I, okay, I feel like you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you have so many beautiful pictures of your daughter and your family. And I'm like, you must just walk around with your big camera all day long, (laughs) catching all these photos. I'm like, oh, they're so beautiful. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm a photographer by trade. So uh, I guess maybe that's a skill that I have. uh, And I actually uh, shoot families or did, uh, I guess, uh, when I was doing that more full time families was kind of my specialty. So I guess I sort of understand how to capture kids a little bit. Um, yeah. and so you many people say, gift. yeah, thank you. Um, I think we've done some photos of you guys actually. So yeah. that's that fun. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, a lot of people say I must carry my camera around all day and wait for her to smile. She is literally the smiliest <laughs> baby. I don't know that I've, I've ran across. I mean, there's a lot of really happy babies out there, but she's literally smiling unless she's hungry or tired. Right. Um, maybe five minutes before those things happen. She's pretty much like runs around with this big smile on her face or she's making she's some so sort of cute. other funny face. She's just really right. expressive. And, um, but yeah, I guess, you know, if Instagram is any indication of what I'm doing with my mm-hmm. life, I'm with her all the time. And so yeah. that's what my photos are of right now. And, you know, it's mostly it. just a running journal for me. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. you know, great if other people can sort of get some joy or a few little tidbits of something helpful off of there. But it's mostly just the only place I journal, which probably isn't yeah. good because it's going to go away someday. <laughs> but we should think about it. Hopefully doing that not. I mean, place. hopefully not soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. I know. I just love following you along on Instagram and seeing your your pictures of your family and just the words you write, Julie, are so beautiful. And I'm sure we'll get into that more and, and chat more about that. But I've definitely been, you know, going about my day and then sitting there reading one of your captions and just found myself teary and like, oh my gosh, it just really hits close to home a lot of it. So yeah, thank, well, thank you, you for doing yeah. what you're doing. Yeah, so. I know we've chatted a little bit and we've got to spend a little bit of time to get together here and there over the years, but I want to know how did you meet your husband and how did you guys fall in love? Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Um, so we met, I went to school, college at uh, Cal, Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. So I had um, graduated from college I had no idea what I was doing. I was not prepared for the real world. <laughs> I don't think at anyone does. <laughs> oh goodness! I just look back and um, wonder how I got through those years. <laughs> I basically moved out to Nashville on a whim. I was not following a music career, 
but I ended up finding a random internship with a triple A baseball team here, the Nashville sounds. And so they agreed to let me work for them for free, which my parents thought was <laughs> really, was really a free wonderful work. opportunity. Um, but I moved out here uh, and started working for them and he came out for an internship. I don't think the first summer, but the second summer. So we met at work uh, and he would tell the story the same way I do. It was love at first sight for him. I did not notice him at first at all. In fact, the first time I hung out with him, he more or less annoyed me. That's probably the nicest thing (laughs) I could say. Um, And so I just, I wasn't really uh, about him at all. But um, one of the things I was in charge of is every year we would have a Girl Scout night where, you know, all the troops would come and they would hang out uh, on uh, at the game and they would actually spend the night um, on the baseball field. And so that took a lot of work because it was a big event. So Mm -hmm. all of the interns had to stay and um, help out with that. And I gave Chad the worst job that night. So he's a really big (laughs) baseball fan. And I made him, so they would go to different stations and they would get like a, um, a, pin or a patch or whatever they get for everything they completed. So I gave him the job of teaching them how to keep score in baseball, which is like the (laughs) worst thing, especially if you know nothing about baseball. And he was so into it and he did a really good job. And throughout the night, he was really helpful. I didn't really know he had a crush on me, but I started noticing this guy's a really hard worker. And, you know, that's not like a trait of necessarily everybody these days. Sure. Uh, And it was a long night. There was like a drive by shooting that night at the field, not aimed towards us, but somewhere else. So it was just a long night. Anyway, the next morning we were cooking pancakes for them before they, uh, you know, departed um, from their Mm -hmm. little event. And I remember looking at Chad, I can still remember vividly. He was wearing this red hat with like a chili pepper on it or something. (laughs) And he was leaning up against the bar. And I remember looking at him and thinking, maybe he is kind of cute. Now, you know, this goes something different about him. And I wouldn't say I fell in love with him at that point, but we did start dating fairly shortly after. And it was love actually pretty quick, I would definitely say. And I even told him I loved him before he told me. So it just kind of flew out of my mouth. Yeah. And it was was like five (laughs) seconds of like, I can't get this back. So (laughs) I don't know what you're going to do with it, but I just said it. So there you go. Yeah. It's out there. It's out there. Uh, and he said it back and, you know, anyway, we spent a year apart. He had to finish up school. I'm just a little smidge older than him. Um, so ladies out there, don't rule out the younger mm-hmm. men. That's mm-hmm. definitely something I would say. Um, uh, but yeah, so we spent a year apart and then he moved back to Nashville, uh, and we dated there for a couple of months. We actually ended up moving to Dallas, uh, and getting married while we were there. So anyway, that's awesome. Yeah. So how long have you guys been married? Oh, I knew you were going to ask that. It'll be 12 years in May. 12 years. That's awesome. Julie, that's amazing. I know. It doesn't seem like it, but then it kind of does all at the same time. Yeah. It's like you've lived a lot of life. We have. In those years. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. How long were you guys in Dallas after you got married? Uh, We were in Dallas for the 10 longest months of my life. So sorry (laughs) if anybody's listening from Dallas. Um, it just, it wasn't a city that agreed with me, but I will say I was not in a very good place. I didn't really like my job, you know, Mm. newly married, new city. Yeah. So nothing against Dallas at all, but it just wasn't where we ended up uh, landing ultimately. So we moved to San Diego pretty soon after we got married. Yeah. So how long were you guys in San Diego? We were there for six years. Uh, yeah, six years. So So I feel like I met you when you guys were living in San Diego. Yeah. Yep, I think that's I met you correct. Then. Yeah, 
That's yeah. awesome. So yeah. fun. At what point kind of in your marriage did you guys start thinking about wanting to have kids or what, like was that always a conversation or what did that look like for you guys? Yeah, it was always a conversation. We were the uh, we got married young-ish, I guess. Um, I'm four years older than him. I'll just say it. So he was <laughs> I'll 20. Just say it. I'll just say it. I'll just throw it out there. Um, and he says for one month a year, I'm five years older than him. For some reason, oh, he gets a joy so out funny. of thinking that's funny. But or two months a year or something. Anyway, so yeah, we always had uh, always wanted them. But it was the conversation of we'll wait five years and, you know, do our mm -hmm. thing and then maybe talk about it. I think it might have started out as three years and it was one more then it was one more. And then about year five, we started getting serious uh, about what that would look like. You know, and how then, old were you at that point? Oh, geez. So I would have been 30, 30, no, okay. 32, I guess we started talking about kids more, um, closer to 29, 30, but then it, uh -huh. you know, grew into our thirties. Right. And then, uh, I think as you know, but other people don't, we, um, have walked through years of infertility. Yeah. What was that season like for you guys personally and as a couple? Probably the hardest year of our marriage was our third year. Yeah. And that was I probably the beginning of when we were wondering if, you know, this was going to happen or not. I don't know how much that played into it as much as mm. we were just kind of young. And I think we threw a lot of big changes into life, you know, the first few years of our marriage. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was just... I think it just a lot of it was young and probably, I mean, honestly, not living necessarily super close to Christ, not super mm -hmm. far away from him, but not relying on, on him for our, for our issues, you know, and we just had a, we had a hard year. It was really yeah. scary hard, you know, mm -hmm. to a place where had we not, you know, been Christ followers and rested in the covenant at some point, I'm not sure mm -hmm. we would have made it. It was really hard. Wow. You know, and we, we both talk about that openly with people yeah. now. And I don't know that we even like got through it because we hunkered down. I think we just got through it. Like yeah. we just sort of kept going. Kept right? going. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. And I think you just kind of have to do that sometimes mm -hmm. um, and trust in the fact that you're going to grow and, you know, trust in trust in the covenant that you made, which is mm -hmm. those vows we say are, are easy to say they're hard to follow. Right? right. So that was a really hard year. And I, I, I can honestly say ever since then, every year has gotten better not to say that we are without conflict at all, or don't have the same yeah. fight over and over again, it seems like. <laughs> um, but it's definitely gotten better and, and better every year since then in the midst of everything that's gone on, you know, as far yeah. as just struggles people have. So, yeah. That's good. I think I love what you said about it wasn't necessarily that you so much hunkered down, but that you just kept going. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you know, that that is a huge determining factor of marriage is that we just keep going. We just keep putting one foot in front of the other and we just keep doing and trying and trying to grow. Yeah. Um, and we don't stay where we are. I think that's mm -hmm. huge. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Yeah. At what point did you guys, so you're in a challenging season with your relationship, you're having, you know, you're in this, you know, struggle or battle of, through fertility. At what point did you guys kind of shift gears and either, you know, find yourself in a different place in your marriage? But at what point did you guys start thinking about adoption? We have, uh, 
two adopted cousins from Russia. And we started talking about adopting really early on. In fact, I would say even before we got married, it was something that hmm. we both uh, had talked about and it's something that we would want to do. So it wasn't a That's foreign awesome. concept. It wasn't even, you know, I think ideally you, you think the way we, we have these ideas of the way, you know, our lives are going to turn out. And <laughs> sure. ideally we would have a baby or two and then maybe think about adopting. And, you know, we have no kids of our own still as of yet. And we had talked about adopting our whole marriage. It seems like it definitely wasn't until we moved back to Nashville that we became a lot more serious about it. And that was mostly because of, of me. I mean, I, have lived a lot of my life in a fear-based way, mm-hmm. looking at looking through the lens of fear of what could happen, of all of the unknowns that really paralyzed me in many ways. So if it were up to Chad, we probably would have started the process, I don't know, three, four, five years ago, maybe mm-hmm. even. He, he would have been ready. Mm-hmm. I think he also knew that a lot of the legwork would rest on me, and he was just really patient to kind of let me catch up. Yeah, that's so good. And so we definitely started very seriously thinking about it, I would say in about 2015, but I was still really afraid um, of just what the unknowns, because you hear a lot of horror stories, right? It's just yeah. not a really like pretty, there's not a ton, ton of information out there and everybody's experience is really different. So different. Uh, and I think, and I think you can say that at least, and you know this yeah. really well with, you know, how many moms you work yeah. with, everybody's experience of becoming a mother is completely different. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you have a child naturally, if you, you know, go through some sort of IVF or infertility or whatever process you get to, mm-hmm. whether it's adoption or fostering to adopt, whatever process it is in becoming a mother, it's it, nobody's is the same, yeah, right? So, so I could get really focused on fear and you know all of the what ifs and all of the unknowns, and I think I stayed there for way too long, mm-hmm. or just you know maybe not, maybe that was the process I had to go through. But I remember vividly having a conversation. In fact, we just visited this family this last week in Denver. Uh, they have adopted. Uh, a lot of kids all out of birth order and they have a few of their mm. own. So, I mean, they've done everything quote unquote, wrong, <laughs> you know, that you can people tell you not to do, but they're a wonderful, you know, thriving family, awesome. certainly not without their challenges. But I remember her husband, I was asking him and this was like, I was on the verge of getting ready to do this thing. Mm. In fact, we started uh, really um, right after this conversation. But I remember, you know, just saying, how did you guys like get through all of this? Like there's so many fears and they adopted internationally and he's like, you just don't have fear. Like if you're a Christ follower, we're called to not fear. Mm, yeah. And I was like, whoa, like you just said it like that. Like it just rolled off your tongue. Yeah. People actually live like that. Like that <laughs> wow. seems foreign to yeah. me. But it was exactly what I needed to hear. Yeah. And I don't even think he knew. I mean, it just, that's just the way he lives. I think some people are more prone to just be less fearless or mm. more fearless, I guess. Sure. Um, I don't think he knew. He wasn't trying to make an impactful statement to me. He was just telling me how he lived because Christ is in him. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Sure, I'm ready to go. And literally like two months later, we started wow. the whole process. Um, so yeah. Isn't that amazing how the Lord can just use certain people or certain places or situations to just speak to you in such a way that changes you? I think it's yeah. wild how. And and I, at least in my life, especially in this last season, I found that it's in the most unexpected like when I'm totally mm-hmm. not expecting the Lord to speak or move or or bring some yeah. powerful word, it's like, 
bam, all of a sudden he hits mm-hmm. me with something somebody said or uh, all of a sudden I found myself in the preschool, you know, pickup line and I'm like, what? Like I'm sobbing and the Lord yeah. just totally rocking my world. Yeah. So I love that just totally in the unexpected he used this person to just speak yeah. so much life over you and really change yeah. you. That That's amazing. Yeah, it definitely is amazing. And I got to, you know, I've gotten to tell his wife a couple of times what that meant to mm-hmm. me. I've never told him face to face. I'm sure she's relayed the information, yeah. but um, it was just really cool so that it happened cool. that way. So yeah. cool. So you guys decided to move forward with adoption. What I'm super newbie and super fresh. Um, I've had uh, not many people in my close, you know, in my proximity, I guess you could say, who've, who've walked through adoption. Um, so mm-hmm. for those of us who just have no idea, um, what type of adoption were you guys, um, did you guys end mm-hmm. up with and how did that process look for you? Yeah, so there are, it seems like a million different ways to, to do this. And that's part of, that's part of what's so paralyzing. And I, I think that's pretty common mm-hmm. from the people that I've talked to. Like, what agency do I sign yeah. with international or domestic, you know, infant or older child mm-hmm. or foster to adopt. And, you know, every one of those ways can be really beautiful mm-hmm. and amazing. Uh, we've never really felt necessarily called to another country. Yeah. And we knew that there were lots of, you know, there's yeah. a huge need here in the U S yeah. and we had had a couple of people mention over, um, I guess maybe the years that we had been talking about this going through an adoption consultant um, and some of the benefits of that. And so we ended up, uh, I started doing a little bit of research on consultants and I found this amazing group uh, who I cannot sing enough praises about. They um, they're called faithful adoption consultants. They're in Atlanta, Georgia. If anybody is listening to this and you are, first of all, have any questions about adoption, I am the happiest, most open book. Uh-huh. If you want to talk to me That's in awesome. a fearless situation with no judgment or anything, I am so happy to talk um, to anybody about it, uh, at least our experience. Uh, so I started the conversation with them. The main, uh, I guess, advantages, there's a couple of, of advantages, but number one, they are just kind of an additional resource mm. to walk you through the paperwork, the home study, sort of to coach you along. Um, but then really where their biggest benefit is, I guess, if you can say it that way, is instead of signing with just one agency, because uh-huh. there's a lot of them out there, sure. uh, they actually work with a network of agencies around the country in all the adoption safe states, which basically mean that uh, the mom has 72 hours, birth mom has 72 hours to change her mind. If it is her choice, sometimes it's not. Like wow. in the case of our little girl, um, the mom basically, because of where she was at in her life, either had to put her um, crew, uh, our now little girl, into foster care or put her up for adoption. Wow. So she was in a place where the state was, you know, not going to allow her to keep her. Uh, so our case was a little bit different. Hmm. Uh, some cases are that, you know, it's the mom's choice for whatever reason that hmm. she doesn't want to keep the baby. And then, you know, there's just a million different scenarios within each scenario. But they basically work with a whole pool of agencies. So it made the process really quick for us. We started in February of 2016, and we picked crew up in Arizona in uh, on December 2nd. Wow. So it was nine or 10 months, yeah. um, which is super fast. Yeah. And it actually could have been shorter had we completed the paperwork in a little bit quicker fashion. Wow. So um, as far as it, as far as speed, I guess maybe that's a really like great 
option to go. Right. I loved the people that we worked with there. Uh, Courtney was uh, my main contact and she talked me off so many ledges and she was just amazing. I mean, uh, I can't say enough about them the way we went. Uh, We ended up adopting her in Arizona. We live in Nashville, Tennessee. So, uh, you know, we had to fly out there and things Mm -hmm. like that. But um, it was it was great. I mean, as many horror stories as I had been told, everything seemed a lot easier for for us. And maybe it was good to be prepped by a lot of worst case scenarios. At least in that point of the process, we had a hiccup after we brought her home, which we can talk about a little bit. But um, the whole part leading up to the adoption process was a lot less painful, except for the waiting portion. When we were ready, like with our paperwork and our home study was done, that's pretty brutal, you know, but all a learning process and, you know, all worth it. That's so So, good. I know there's that. um, Do you watch This Is Us, Julie? Of course I do. Yes. <laughs> well, you just I don't know what it's doing to me right now, but I watch yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I'm like, gosh. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I want to watch a show right now. I don't feel like crying because, mm-hmm. you know, but just walking through some of their adoption journey mm-hmm. and, you know, obviously they're, I, I'm not caught up. So I have no idea what happened. Right. I won't ruin it for Yeah, anybody. yeah. Don't spoilers. ruin it for me. Um, yeah. But you just see them in the waiting period, and you can just only imagine, you know, what that's doing to your heart. I mean, I just, I can't even, I can't even imagine those days. There were definitely some hard days. Uh, You know, again, Courtney, I had a couple of phone calls with her that, you know, just were really helpful. But I mean, a lot of it's just trusting God, and it can be really easy to uh, try and play play God in this scenario. I mean, there's so many unknowns. The way this works, I don't I don't know how much you want to get into this, but but basically we did uh, infant adoption, so domestic infant adoption. Mm-hmm. So kind of the process is you make this this book. It's a story of your life. You put photos of everything from, you know, myself and Chad. Mm-hmm. Um, our dogs got in the book, <laughs> you know, photos of your house. You to kind of describe your relationship, your family. So you sort of just make this book of your life. Yeah. And so then you get sent basically just some scenarios of, of moms and, you know, these potential babies. And you decide if you want to present that book, uh, to a mom that would then decide, uh, from, you know, a stack of five or 10 books, if she wants to place her child with you. So you get a lot of a lot of no's, yeah. you know, we sent our book out to quite a few people who didn't pick us and that can kind of mess with your head, yeah. you know, of like, yeah, why didn't she pick me? What have I done wrong? Is my dog not cute enough? I mean, like <laughs> crazy things go through yeah. mind. like, you know, you just don't even like start to, to know sometimes, but uh, you tell yourself there's this perfect baby yeah. for your family and, you know, you just have to wait and it's totally going to be right. And I can a hundred percent say this little girl is the perfect yeah. little girl for our family. But it's easier said than done, yeah. you know, when you're kind of like in those crazy moments when things are going through your head that don't even make any sense, you yeah. know, but that's so good. So yeah, it, it can mess with you a little. What was that like when you got the phone call that crew was going to be yours? I basically was the one who, you know, spearheaded the whole the paperwork process and all of that. And I was the one that was always talking to Courtney. But Chad was also very involved uh, in the process. And I think sometimes maybe the men aren't as involved. Mm. I'm not really sure. But I just thought I would be the one that would get the phone call. Mm. Um, But because Chad was a lot more involved in the process than uh, I guess maybe a lot of men are, um, or he was a lot more gung-ho for everything. Anyway, they've developed a relationship with him. So they actually called him. Wow. And he was at work and I was at home and we were getting ready for his company's Christmas party that night. 
he ended up coming home a little bit early and I was really confused. I had just woken up from a nap. <laughs> and you're and just like delirious home. and like, I'm not awake yet. Yeah. I'm like, why are you home early? Did you do something wrong? Like, I mean, it didn't even cross my mind because I figured I would be the one that would get the phone yeah. call. Hello, I've been doing all the yeah. work. Like, yeah. call me first. <laughs> anyway, but he came home with this gift or this, you know, gift bag that was like huge and it still didn't register with me, but I, I opened oh, wow. up the, um, the card and, it said something to the effect, like, you're going to be a mom. And oh. I just, like, was in disbelief. Yeah. And then I lost it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we got that call. He got the call on December 1st. And it's really cool. He actually recorded after, uh, right after it happened, kind of a message to me. Oh. And you can see his emotion. Wow. But, um, yeah, so we got that call on December 1st. We flew out that night. So it was wow. a whirlwind. Yeah. So, very much a whirlwind day. And was that phone call like, there's a mom in labor going to have a baby? Is that Was that kind of the scenario? Or was Crew already born at that point? In our case, she was already born. Again, it, it happens every which way. Right. Uh, in most cases, it, at least in the way that we went, in most cases, you're matched with a mom with about three months to go. Okay. So you have an idea of a birth mm-hmm. you know, date. In our case, it was what's called a stork drop. So the baby is already born. She was born uh, uh, November 27th. Okay. Uh, So she was actually getting ready to leave the hospital. Oh, wow. That night. So she went to uh, a family that just kept her for the night Mm -hmm. until we stayed there in the interim. But yeah, so she was already born. uh, And that's really all we knew. We didn't know a whole lot. We knew she was a girl. Uh, We knew that she was doing well. And we knew that we needed to get out there as quick as we could. That's amazing. What were those moments like when you first saw her? It was surreal, I guess. I mean, you know, we we drove out to this family's house in the Mm -hmm. suburbs of, you know, Phoenix, Arizona, and, you know, knocked on the door. And (laughs) this wonderful woman who took very good care of her answered the door and her little kids were there and they were happy for us. So, I mean, definitely was, you know, a different scenario. I think I was in shock. I was probably terrified. Mm -hmm. In fact, I know I was terrified. I was definitely overcome with emotion, but I think there was so much adrenaline, Yeah, you know, around like finding out and packing our stuff and flying to Phoenix and not getting any sleep. And I remember neither one of us had had anything to eat. So we stopped it in and out like (laughs) to get some food in our belly. And I remember driving there pretty much in silence. Hmm. Um, we had, we had actually made this adoption kind of like playlist in iTunes that we had listened to over and over again. And the song do it again by elevation worship was kind of like our song. Um, that will always just be like an incredibly powerful yeah. song for us. And actually as you know, we, we kind of went through a struggle, which we'll get to a little bit probably, but, um, it just was a song that was really powerful for us. Yeah. So I remember listening to that and just kind of like, Anyway, it was surreal, and we stuck her in the car seat, and the thing was like the, the head seat was the <laughs> head rest thing was like way too high, and she was like a little under six pounds, and she was oh, tiny, tiny, and I just remember like holding her little hand and thinking, "Oh my goodness, I can't believe what's going on." Wow. So, yeah, pretty vivid memories wow. of that day for sure. So that's amazing. So you take her yeah. home to Nashville. Uh, yeah, well, we actually had to spend ten days in Phoenix. Okay. So just to clear some legal stuff. But yeah, so we flew home on um, her 13th day of being in the world. Wow. That's amazing. What were those early weeks like, you know, I I, I mean, we'd call it like the postpartum period, the fourth trimester. Um, But Mm -hmm. really, you're, you are a new mama. You guys probably aren't sleeping hardly at all. Figuring Mm -hmm. out, you know, 
feeding schedules and nap schedules and adjusting? Was Chad able to take a little bit of time to be home with you during that period? Yeah, he was. So it was December. Um, it was kind of actually a busy, it's a busier time of year for his company. Mm-hmm. So he was able to take maybe a, a good full week after we got home off. That Those couple of weeks are fuzzy. Yeah, I think most people would say that. <laughs> I'm like, um, I think we just were, you know, feeding her and putting her down for a nap and repeat, yeah, you know, yeah. I think that just was kind of like what it was. It, it felt calm. It was in the winter, so we really weren't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. So it was just, yeah, I mean, I guess new baby stuff, kind of the same for every parent, I think. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. How did your relationship with Chad, did it change? Did you feel like as you guys became parents, do you feel like your relationship has changed or maybe it stayed the same? Yeah, I, I had a lot of time to envision what he would be like as a dad, yeah. you know, and I always always knew he would be a good dad. Seeing him actually live that out has made me yeah. admire him in different ways. Yeah. I think it's definitely like the coolest thing we've ever done together, you know, as far as really working on something, yeah. I guess. I mean, yeah. if you can say it that way. It's your life's work. <laughs> yeah. Practically speaking, it's changed our marriage a lot. I, you know, we're kind of had 11 years to fly by the seat of our pants and right not have to plan many things. And, you know, now we have probably haven't done the best job of getting really intentional about, you know, date nights and things like that. Yeah. I feel like she's at a, at a place now where we leave her, you know, and it's fine. Yeah. And we're definitely going to be working in, you know, some more of those things. It's certainly made us be on much more of a schedule, which neither one of us were really used to, but that's been good. Yeah. And it slowed us down. And, um, yeah, I mean, practically, I, I think there's been some changes, um, I, I think all of it's been good. Yeah. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it just, yeah, it changes you. It changes you. Your yeah. life just looks different. Yeah. That's so mm-hmm. good. What do you think? Um, what's been the most significant thing the Lord's kind of done in your life is, or changed you as you've become a mom? Man, so many ways. I had a lot of fear, I yeah. guess. Like I've always lived with a lot of fear and I, I over the years it's gotten better. Hmm. Um, I think he's just been really gracious to show me, I guess, adding on the adoption layer. I I just had this sort of anxiety of how I needed to to live my life out for this little girl who maybe came from a hard background Mm -hmm. and knowing that both Chad and I have, you know, still things that we have to work on. And how am I going to not mess her up? Like, that was the way I went into it. Like, Mm -hmm. how can I raise this child and not mess her up? And I think that's the really wrong perspective Mm -hmm. to have. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, and basically the Lord just whispered to me, Julie, if you, if you have me, like if my spirit's living inside of you, you're free. Yeah. And you know, all you have to do is just, just live free for this girl. Right. Like don't put so much pressure on yourself. Don't try to not screw up. Just breathe in my spirit every day. Yeah. Know you're going to mess up and know she's here for a reason. We've placed her with you. And if you have me and you live with me, like, that's all you got to do. Your past is your past, whatever that is. The stuff you have, like whatever generational sin we all carry, I I can take care of that. I already Mm. have taken care of that. Mm. I think he's just continually like renewing me. He's rooting stuff out that doesn't need to be there. And it's just a continual renewal every day. And I think nothing sanctifies you more than motherhood. And Mm. I haven't even gotten to the the time when she can talk (laughs) back to me yet, right? So I don't know. I mean, so we'll see what happens when I get there. Yeah. That's so good. I just, 
I think it's sanctifying. I think it makes、mm-hmm. you look at the world differently. It makes you look、mm-hmm. at yourself differently. It makes you look, you know, at yourself as a wife and all of that. It's it's all different. Yeah.、Um, so that's so good. I was listening、yeah. to、um, Ellie Holcomb on a podcast、um, a couple、mm-hmm. weeks ago, and she was sharing about how she was not choosing not to save money for her children's college、uh, fund and choosing to save money to send them to counseling. Yeah, knowing <laughs> that we all are going to get to the our thirties at some point,、yeah. you know, when we're raising these these babies,、mm-hmm. are going to grow up and they're all going to have stuff because they're、yeah. sinners and we're sinners and we live、mm-hmm. in this broken world. And I was chatting with、um, uh, one of my guests last week, Katie, just about how parenting a sinful child, being a sinner yourself,、um, mm-hmm. really, really is challenging. A and、yeah. B, just so humbling and、yeah. really forces you to look at your heart and examine、yeah. your heart. And okay, if I'm going to ask my kids to do these things, I surely、mm-hmm. better be checking my own, checking myself and checking my heart. Yeah, and really yeah. knowing where I'm at and what motives I. I carry, and oh、yeah. man! I mean, I think you just get that check in your spirit all the time. Oh yeah! Yesterday, in fact, we come home from a trip, and I was just—I was exhausted. And our dog, since we moved, has been peeing on our rugs,、um, and <laughs> he's fully potty trained. Yeah, I, he, he's going through this like emotionally hard adjustment with our move,、mm-hmm. I guess, and he's <laughs> peeing on things. Poor guy.、Uh, Yeah, and I lost my temper pretty bad、oh. um, because I was cleaning up one more stain on the carpet. Yeah, you know, and she was up and in the room, and she kind of looked at me, and it's like, no, you actually get what's going on now,、mm-hmm. you know, and you know, she might not fully understand that mommy's、yeah. losing her temper over something really stupid、yeah. and trivial, but she certainly gets a change in the tone of my voice. Yeah, and as she grows, you know, those are things. I'm not going to say I'm probably never going to lose my temper、yeah. again.、Um, I hope I don't. That would be <laughs> cool. And,、um, but it certainly, it just makes you look at it at life differently. Yeah. And I really, I really started a process. You know, I didn't, I wasn't pregnant, obviously.、Mm-hmm. But when we started the process of adoption, I really started asking God, like root root stuff out, even、mm-hmm. that I don't know, even stuff that I might think is good. Ouch! Like that's really hard. Yeah. Ooh. And. That's hard work, you know, to do, and it's it's hard to let him do because you have to take a look at yourself, and say, and a lot of these things are like, as a wife, like, you know, you could be you could be doing this better for Chad, like,、mm. and if your relationship isn't strong, then forget about trying to raise a child together,、yeah. you know,、um, and so, I think I've I've really spent a lot of time just asking the Lord, you know, daily to root things out, and it's never an ending process because. I feel like one thing comes out, and he's like, "But wait, there's this too,"、mm. and it's like, I, "Are you ever going to leave me alone?"、Yeah. You know, no, basically. But、um, no, I think that's like the really beautiful work of God, and it's also,、yeah. I, I guess, beautiful to be able to go through that with your kids too. I mean, I think they're going to see that we aren't perfect pretty quickly.、Oh, like、yeah. we're not pulling the wool over anybody's eyes. No, and to be able to learn to live out, you know, forgiveness and things like that, you know, as well. So. Uh, yeah, it's sanctifying. Oh, for sure. Sanctifying, humbling, and <laughs> all of the above. Yeah, that's so awesome. We talked about your Instagram a little bit, but you wrote a couple weeks 
back, he posted the cutest picture of Crew, and she's just, you're right, she's got the smiley and the cheeks yeah. and the hair. Oh my gosh, I could yeah. just like kiss yeah. her little cheeks so much. It's all going um, on. It's yeah. so good. And you talked about the word hope and how mm-hmm. you felt like it's been overused and misunderstood and um, how the Lord's really been working on a journey in you. Um, mm mm-hmm. And you talk about the fullness of his grace so much. So what yeah. has, how has that transformed who you are um, in this last year? I won't go into too many details of what happened because um, it's really her story. But when we, we brought crew home uh, December, in December and then in the beginning of January, we had an issue come up with um, our adoption that actually put us in danger of, of losing her. Oh, and wow. it wasn't because of something that we did. Um, it was just kind of it, part of the process. It's something that could, could happen. And mm-hmm. by the nature of how late in, um, in the process that we adopted her, it just was something that could have happened and it did. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't want to go into too many details, but there was about three months where we, you know, w- weren't sure if she was going to stay in our home. Wow. And it was a really, really, really hard time, you know, to care for her and, attached to her and bond with her. Yeah. Um, Although, although I, I found that to be a little bit easier, um, you know, after about the first week or so, I, God just spoke to me and said, it doesn't matter what's going to happen. If she's in your home, you're going to love her um, to your fullest extent. But it was a really scary uh, time. Uh, And we felt like, you know, we had waited for this forever. And uh, it was really miraculous how she got to us, the details that were worked out and, you know, to have that sort of, um, become in question was just really hard for us. And I think for the first time in my life, honestly, it was so good to know that we had so many people praying for us and there was words of encouragement coming from people. But for the first time in my life, it was like, okay, God, if I believe you to be the God of hope Hmm. and you are our ultimate source of everything and ultimately you hold Cruz life, not me, then what does your word say about what I, what I need in life, Mm -hmm. you know, and the Psalms were certainly, um, places that I visited frequently, but then I, um, I ended up in first Peter and I I wrote this in my Bible, if you don't mind me reading just the verses, but it was, um, February 10th of 17. Uh, and I, I started to to read first Peter and I've come back to first Peter pretty much, um, all year, but I just want to read a few verses. First Peter chapter three says, praise the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, uncorrupted and unfading kept in heaven for you. You're being protected by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. You rejoice in this, though now for a short time. You have had to struggle in various trials so that the genuineness of your faith, more valuable than gold, which perishes through refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And I just remember thinking, man, that's what it is. And I feel like hope, I think it's tossed around in in the world, you know, um, and even amongst Christians as sort of like this kind of like thing, like we hope for anything, you know, I hope you Um, have a good day. Yeah. Or just, you know, we don't really understand what it means, but I think for the first time 
I realized, oh, like my hope, it's imperishable. And it's also, it, it's kept like, it's kept this future glory, right? Like the mm. ultimate goal is our salvation is to see the Lord one day and to rejoice in heaven. But what does that mean on earth? Mm. It doesn't mean that we like in Peter, he's saying we're going to suffer these various trials. And Peter was talking to a completely different, you know, group of people who were dispersed um, and were, you know, truly being crucified um, in those days in different ways. But I started to just see differently, like on this earth, we're going to go through trials, right? I mean, I think in our own life, we see so many people that are close to us that are going through just unimaginably hard things right now. Mm. And it doesn't take long to turn on the news, although I don't recommend it because no. it's just fear-based, to see that this world is like, you know, kind of hopeless, right. right? There's a lot of stuff, heavy stuff going on out there. And I think even if anything's going on, like if, if nothing's going wrong in your life right now, if you're in a pretty good spot, I still think like as Christians, there's always this dull ache underneath, mm, right? Mm. That we're like waiting, waiting for our ultimate home, right? In heaven. Yeah. But what does that mean for us here on earth? Like even when we're going through these trials, this, this thing we have inside of, it's keeping us alive. It's keeping our heart beating. It's keeping yeah. us going, right? So anyway, I don't know. I just have started to write kind of her story down just so the ways that I see it through my eyes so mm. she can have it one day. And I keep coming back to first Peter and the chapter is just amazing. It's yeah. a really short book, but, um, I don't know. I think I'm going to write a book. I we'll love see. it. I love it. Yeah. So if nothing else, I want, I want it for her. I want it to yeah. be a legacy piece for her and, um, we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah. But I think I'll, I'll be dedicating some of maybe her nap time from <laughs> now on to, to working on that. So, Hey, I understand that nap time. It's, it's, yeah, it's crucial. I mean, kind of gave myself a new job. I didn't really realize I was giving myself another yeah. job. <laughs> but I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah, nap time is not for dishes anymore. It's now for podcasting. <laughs> yeah, I love that you're doing so, this. So thanks. I'm so excited to, you know, whatever comes of uh, your story to crew and, and how you write that down. I definitely, I mean, I know so many lives will be changed and, and touched by your words. I mean, I know they already are. Everything you've already yeah. shared has been so powerful and, and so life-changing. And I just love the story that you're, you're helping crew write, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, because we all um, are writing a story. And, you know, hers may not have started how she would have imagined, but it's a pretty, mm-hmm. pretty beautiful story. I think I'm just reminded of just joy every day from her. And she's taught me so much just because of that. You know, I've laughed in different ways than I've ever laughed before with her. Mm -hmm. And you just experience just such a pure soul from their little lives. And uh, anyway, it's, it's amazing to watch her grow and to get a front seat to that for sure. So that's so fun. That's so cool. Okay, Julie, kind of switching gears. What are Mm -hmm. three things that are just totally changing your life right now in this season? Oh, boy. Totally changing your life. Totally changing your life. We just got uh, (laughs) – this is really materialistic. (laughs) A Sonos speaker. Oh. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I listen to music on. It's like a party in my house all day. Oh, long. that's I awesome. I, I kind of love technology. So I don't know. You can hook it up and it sounds really good. And we dance around all day. That's so fun. Um, is that a good answer? That's a great answer. Is this, can, a, can a speaker change your life? <laughs> I mean, um, right now in the moment, I think it probably could. 
Yeah, I guess maybe the spiritual answer would be that I'm really digging into First Peter and, and getting into writing. And I yeah. feel like that's giving me a little bit more of not more purpose by any means, but it's it's a good way to spend my my free time. Yeah. This is us. This is us is changing my life right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so good. Uh, that's so good. I don't feel like I'm alone in the world. No. no oh, gosh. No, I, Jeff and I actually are kind of taking a pause from TV and shows, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So they're just building up in our DVR. And at some yeah. point, we will we will catch up and it will all be there. But um, yeah, good for you. We just, I don't know, I'm kind of in this season I actually went I was in California a couple weeks ago and I came back and everyone was like oh did you have so much fun was it so refreshing and so restful Mm -hmm. and I'm like you know of course I'm like oh yeah yeah but like I went home later that day and I'm like no actually it wasn't refreshing or restful at all like Uh actually it was kind of stressful and I didn't really sleep Uh very much and yeah my kids were sick and I'm mm-hmm. like, it was fun. And, and it really made me sit and think like, okay, what do I do um, that's really refreshing my spirit and really my yeah. heart? Mm-hmm. And my friend Katie Blackburn actually just wrote a beautiful essay about self-care. And mm-hmm. I just really related to that. I was like, you know what? The things that are really just refreshing to me as a mom and a wife are not massages or pedicures or spa days Mm -hmm. while I do love those things I do love those things and I just had to sit and like okay in my 31 my short 31 years of life it's sitting with my journal and my bible Mm -hmm. by myself Mm -hmm. with like worship music Mm -hmm. really loud and I can sit for 30 minutes or sometimes 15 minutes and just yeah like get out what I feel like the Lord's speaking to me and that will carry me through so much Mm -hmm. and is so Mm -hmm. refreshing to my soul and my spirit and actually gives me energy and life. And so Mm -hmm. I think, okay, finally I'm figuring out like, okay, what are the things that I need to do to really be the best wife and mom that I can be? It's not necessarily zoning out on the couch watching a show well that's really nice sometimes after bedtime I'm like I don't want to think anymore yeah but it's been just a a really great discipline and so Mm -hmm. refreshing to just sit and and spend that spend that time being quiet it's been really good yeah no that's so good I um I've never been a morning person ever um (laughs) But kids make you be morning they, people. They they do. And in fact, I I usually am up around five AM now. And I think my biggest fear of going into parenting or um was probably that I would never get any alone time. Mm. I, it sounds really like a selfish thing to say because you know what you're signing up for. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But so I started getting up in the morning when we started the ado- ado- adoption process and doing the same thing. I spend the first half an hour to an hour either just kind of sitting still and really doing nothing or, you know, reading my Bible or reading something, doing some journaling. And then I get a workout in uh, and I feel very ready for the day by then. And I've learned that I've loved mornings. So it's nice, but that is kind of my, my me time for sure. And I definitely don't think everybody has to do that, but it's just a discipline I've kind of, you know, thrown into my schedule and it makes me go to bed earlier yeah. and fall asleep. I hardly get through a show. Sometimes we watch it. I'm usually asleep the first <laughs> into it. Now, that but first I totally year is really it. hard though. <laughs> that first year. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. It's hard it with be. sleep 
and mm-hmm. all of that. Is Crew a pretty good sleeper? You know, she is. And I, I, I kind of, I don't say that in all audiences because I feel like I get really <laughs> dirty looks sometimes. It's like, no, I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you. Um, no, yeah. she has been uh, sleeping 10 to 12 hours for the last four months, five months. That's awesome. At night. That's so And taking good. a good nap. Yeah. So we definitely lucked out in that regard, I guess. You sure so, did. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Julie, yeah. thank you so much for sitting with me and chatting with me. This has been so fun to connect yeah. and catch up with you and hear about your story. And I can't wait to read your book one day. Yeah, thank you. And thank you so much for having me. I'm really glad you're doing this. And I've listened to the other episodes and it's it's awesome. It's a needed voice. I just, I love that. I love we can, I love that we can do this, you yeah. know, fairly easily. I know it takes a lot of time, but I'm really glad you're doing this and introducing the voices that you are. I know I've gotten a lot out of it. Thanks, Julie. I just love seeing the hand of God on Julie's life. Wasn't that amazing? I'm so thankful for her honesty, how she shared about the challenges in her marriage in a season she struggled with infertility how she had to learn to give fear and worry to the Lord. Julie is a person who so clearly has been washed in the word of God. I mean, didn't you guys notice that? I don't know about you, but I believe there's something so distinct, so special, and just so sure about someone who's been in the Lord's presence. They reflect Jesus. That's what his word does for us. When we sit down and let the word wash over us, we can't help but reflect Jesus in our lives. Julie so honestly and so purely shines Jesus, and I just love that about my friend. I pray you guys were encouraged today by her words. If you have questions about adoption or would like to learn more about Julie's story, go ahead and connect with her, you guys, on her Instagram, or you can find her on her blog at relentlessjourney.com. I'll be sure to send you guys a link in the show notes. So head on over to the show notes page at the end of the episode and check out on how you can connect with Julie. I wanted to leave you guys today with some words from Julie. She wrote these words so beautifully on her Instagram this fall, and I wanted to leave you with this encouragement. Mamas, this work you do can feel thankless. It's anything but... On the days you are weary, run to his well. His grace you will find is not only sufficient, but a miraculous, never-ending supply. Drink of that most sacred communion and know you are made in the image of Christ, fully equipped to do his work. You are not only seen, but deeply loved, the fullness of grace. Thank you guys so much for listening and supporting the show. You're awesome. For those of you who haven't had the chance to leave me a review on iTunes, I would be so, so grateful if you'd be willing to do that for me today. It just takes a few minutes and makes a huge difference. Those reviews really do help other people find the show. It's a big deal. So thank you so much for taking the time to do that this week. 
If you would like to share your birth story on the show or know a friend who has an encouraging story or you'd love to share what the Lord's been doing in your life lately, please email me at elise at elisemarsh.com. I would love to hear from you. For those of you who are pregnant or wanting to become pregnant, um, even if this is your second or third or fourth baby, I would love to share with you a free resource I've created for every pregnant person out there. Head on over to my website, elisemarsh.com, and sign up for my free six-day email course designed to help you have the best birth experience possible. I share tons of awesome information, you guys, and there's lots of resources for you in the course. I'm so passionate about equipping moms to have the best birth possible. It really can happen. Birth can be so much fun. For links to the resources we talked about in today's episode, head on over to my show notes page, elisemarsh.com slash podcast. You'll see lots of goodies over there, pictures of our guests, and all kinds of great stuff. To all my listeners, thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys are amazing, and I'm so blessed to be here. Have a great week. Share the show with a friend, and I'll see you back here next week. Music.